Welcome to Encountering Empowerment. I'm your host, Empowerment Coach Victoria Jocko, here to teach you how to reclaim your personal power so that you can feel like the bad bitch you are, using my proven formula. Personal agency is your birthright, and no matter where life has taken you, it's not too late to tap into it, and I'm here to help you do it. Hello, my lovelies. How are you today? I am doing quite well. I'm sitting down with an amazing person. Um, my coach is with me today. His name is Alex Ray. I'm going to have him introduce you in a second. But today we're going to be talking about confidence and what it means to be queer and all of the things that we as queer people end up like going through in our lives to get us out of that, you know, kind of um, disempowered place into someone that loves themselves and accepts themselves. So, hi, Alex. Welcome. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad to be here. Me too. I'm so happy that you came on. I found Alex, oh my God, it's been like almost a year ago because um, we share the same group coach. It's been like like eight months probably, right? Something like that. Yeah. So we worked together least. for six yeah. and we've been in the mastermind for like two now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I heard you on Stacey Bayman's podcast and I was like, who is this person? I need to follow them and know everything about them. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> How, um, tell me a little bit or tell the listeners, I already know a little bit about you, but tell us what you do and who you help. Sure. So, um, I am the queer confidence coach. I help LGBTQIA plus people, uh, become confident. And I do that through two different coaching programs. I have my iconic queer mastermind, which is for queer plus uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, sex workers. If you are anything under the umbrella of entrepreneur, that's your spot. And then I have a new program launching called Worthy. And this is for anyone queer plus as well um, to improve their sex and relationships. Amazing. I love that. I've been watching you market for that and it has been really fun. Um, I feel like since I knew you, I feel like you have changed and grown so much. Like when I don't I don't know if you were even totally. wearing that much makeup when I first met you, and now you're like wearing it every day in all of your marketing <laughs> posts. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, yeah, so I go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I think, um, I think we met in August. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. Okay, so then I had only really been showing up online with makeup for like two months, like barely two months. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it, you're right. There's been a shift. Yeah, <laughs> I am very comfortable with it now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. Yes, it's amazing. Um, one of the things, so 
we can kind of segue into talking about confidence here. One of the things that really drew me to you was your concept of confidence is really having your own back. Um, that mm. like clicked with me so much. And I'm kind of curious as to like how you came up with that. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that confidence is like the ability to just feel comfortable with everything all of the time and just be okay with, you know, whatever. And you never feel insecure and you never feel afraid. And it totally is not. Um, the most confident people in the world still feel insecure. They just know how to be okay with their feeling of insecurity. And in fact, like the most, most confident people will also freely share if they're feeling insecure about something. They're not trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So it's funny. Like I had been, really trying to figure out what made people confident or insecure because I only knew what it was like to feel extremely insecure my whole freaking life and constantly felt like I was analyzing me through other people's view all the time. So it was almost like I was watching my life on a TV screen through what I yes. thought people were seeing. Yes. Oh my God. That is called self-objectification. And that is something that's like really important when it comes to body image stuff but continue yes mm. okay so that's a new term for me there you go <laughs> self-objectification that is yes. that was my life <laughs> and I was really 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 um insecure and really hated myself I carried a lot of shame for my sexuality I carried a lot of um hatred for my body I tried I thought, oh, you know what will really help? If I just get big and muscular, then I will feel confident. And I did that, and it didn't work. And I was extremely mm. disappointed. <laughs> right? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, so weird. <laughs> I was sure that was the only reason I felt like insecure was just my body. I was really pissed after years <laughs> of work. <laughs> I feel that so much. I lost 70 pounds and I was still hating my body and obsessively like weighing myself and like, yeah, it doesn't work. It just, that's not how it happens. Yeah. It, yep. No. <laughs> so, yeah. um, in 2019 is when I found life. Well, actually that's not true. I had found life coaching stuff mostly from like the really big speakers like um, Jay Shetty, Brene Brown, Mel Robbins. Um, I had found them in 2018 and was kind of incorporating that into the fitness and nutrition coaching I was doing at the time and then found life coaching in 2019. And then we all know the pandemic hit in 2020. And that's when I was like, oh my God, okay, I have like, at that time, I guess I had about two years of experience with these concepts in my own life. And I was like, okay, let me see if I can coach other people. And I had become a lot more confident through those years, like 2018 and 2019. Um, I at least liked myself. I wasn't suicidal anymore. Um, but it really was during 2020 through learning more 
about life coaching because that's really when I was like really diving in and applying life coaching concepts. That's when it really, my confidence like finally hit the point at which I was like, oh, okay, wait, this is the thing. Um, and I was also coaching my clients here at the same time. So it's that like learn, teach, learn going on. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel that so much. I feel like every time I sit down with a client, I'm learning something from them and seeing parallels between them and myself. And I will like give them coaching. I'm like, bitch, you need to listen to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Every time, Uh every single time. (laughs) So it was through kind of like you learning more about coaching that you develop this conf- this uh, confidence like concept or like your process of confidence? Yeah, I think I... The, the more that I started listening to speakers that, you know, talked about life and confidence, and the more that I saw the world through this lens um, that life coaching teachings kind of provided me, the more I was like, wait a second. I was certain that there was this place I was eventually going to get to where I would never feel insecure anymore. I was like, I don't think that's true anymore. (laughs) This might be, this, this might be why I still feel insecure a little bit. Like, Oh, I'm supposed to feel insecure a little bit always and that's okay. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a second. I w- did, I kind of reflected back in early um, 2021 and was like, okay, what is it really that it's taken me and taken my clients to really feel a whole lot more confident? And I was like, oh my God, it really is as simple as like being willing to be uncomfortable and it not being a problem anymore. And knowing like things that are uncomfortable are just maybe uncomfortable. It sucks to have a conversation about breaking up. Like that's never just supposed to be a walk in the park. Um, And if it is, you might've really disconnected. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's time to break up for sure. That's the case. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Definitely. Or you've called in like a defense mechanism of like shutting down your emotions. Right. Mm Um. And then I realized the other thing was just, okay, once I, or I was also observing my clients doing this, we were like willing to do things that were uncomfortable and then we would do it. And then we would feel like ass on the other side. And we would also talk like assholes to ourselves Mm -hmm. and really like beat ourselves up about what went wrong um, or how we could have done it better. And I was like, oh, well, this is just that thing about, you know, like kind self-talk I really like that's the other part of this the other side of the sandwich (laughs) being comfortable ahead of time or it being okay to be uncomfortable ahead of time and then having your back on the other side yeah oh my god that is so so true because we cannot like you said we cannot get rid of the insecurity or the uncomfortable feelings, but we definitely can show up to ourselves in a different way. And by different way, I mean showing up for yourself and having your own back. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. That really is what drew me to coach with you. Cause like I, I was not anticipating 
Um, I Sorry, y'all. There were some technical difficulties. That is what happens on a podcast um, that is being recorded remotely. And we're going to be honest and upfront about it, that we're not perfect here. <laughs> what? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's confidence, right? Like, yep. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Having your own back being honest about it i'm such a direct person and upfront about things too and i've learned to like lean into that because like who fucking cares you know right it's all fine and it also i think is encouraging for other people when they hear like people they look up to admitting their their humanness (laughs) they're like wait a minute oh my god pressure's off now thank you (laughs) i feel that all the time with a few a few friends and and others who I look up to like online that I'm like, thank you. Thanks for giving us permission. (laughs) Yes. I have noticed that too with my posts lately when I have been vulnerable and admitted that, Hey guys, like I I have these thoughts. I have these things that I've done, et cetera, et cetera. Even now being like um, a coach and in this position of like teaching people, that's like the most response that I get, which is great. I love it. But anywho, I am really curious as what it was like um, growing up as a queer person. Like, did you always honor your queerness or was there a time when you hit it? (laughs) 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 Um, I was actually just writing before the podcast a a post about a relationship that I had in 2015. And the thing that annoyed me the most about him was, guess what? His flamboyance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Isn't it? (laughs) Look at you. Right? I was so annoyed when he showed me that he had not only knew how to walk in high heels, but owned two pairs, one of which was a fabulous glitter, pink glitter. Every inch of those heels was sparkling. (laughs) I was like, what? In my mind, right? (laughs) What? Ew. Also, how? And I kind of am intrigued, right? (laughs) Well, now look at you. (laughs) right now i have like several pairs of heels and walk in them all the time alex (laughs) i don't even wear stilettos (laughs) i have a pair of heels i even ride my one wheel uh, with like (laughs) that is so bold (laughs) i know right oh my god (laughs) So was there a time that I didn't accept my queerness? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I was so concerned with being masculine, I think. uh, Well, because I also was brought up to believe that gay people go to hell. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think that embracing anything but purely masculine thing um was a reminder that I was somehow broken 
And it's really funny too, because I look back and like, I have always been this flamboyant, loud, like character. Um, I was looking back in my photos, like I've saved Snapchat stories from way back in the day. And what the hell? Like, I was such a little performer. I was so gay, <laughs> so flamboyant. <laughs> And it's just so funny, though, like, that I repressed it so much so that, like, even I somehow thought I was, like, hiding it and was hateful towards other people when they were authentically themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can relate to that, too, um, in terms of, like, hiding yourself or thinking that you are. Um, cause when I look back, I thought I was hiding myself, but really I was standing out very much. Like I was very, emo right. and like, that is not normal. <laughs> You're but, like, and, I don't want anyone to see me. Meanwhile, everyone sees you and they don't yes, even care. Either. Yes. And I, I'm like dressed in full black from top to bottom. Like, of course, everyone's fucking looking at me. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I also relate to you thinking like you have to be hyper masculine in order to hide that aspect of yourself because I I always thought I had to be hyper feminine in order to be attractive and to um, kind of maintain this facade that like I'm uh, I'm thin, you know, like always trying to make myself look thinner, look smaller, look more feminine. I have like really broad shoulders too. And that was always a big insecurity of mine because like I'm just a large person, even when I was thin, I was still just big, you know, I'm five, yeah. eight, which isn't that tall, but like five foot eight, I'm a large human. Mm-hmm. And that was such a point of insecurity for me because I was taught that I had to be super feminine and femininity meant I was small and petite. And that translated over to my queerness as well because I thought if I embraced any aspect of my more masculine energy or masculine side or even like these quote-unquote masculine traits like physically um, Mm -hmm. I would be seen in a very negative light and I could not allow that to happen and so now like i love all of those things about me I fully embrace them I want people to see me (laughs) more masculine or more just like more of me as my entire like as a full encompassing me right like that's who I want people to see me yeah so I I can totally relate to that and I'm curious as to when or like what it was that kind of started to pull you out of hiding Mm. um i think when i finally oh i okay there's a few different stages here let's see because a lot the funny thing is a lot of um my self-acceptance like it, it was like one of those graphs from math class, you know, where it like, it's like a slope that like gradually goes up and then it just shoots up like (laughs) straight up like a freaking rocket. That was my like journey to self-acceptance. I, throughout my teens at like, you know, really didn't like myself. Um, came out of the closet that, okay, boom, little bit, little bit up. Right. That I'm like dating and like, 
struggle bussing <laughs> and also oscillating between am I going to be single and celibate for Jesus so I can go to heaven? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, that literally is what I thought, that I was going to wow. go to hell. Um, yeah, funny enough, like, I didn't, I didn't realize that hell did not exist until, like, last year. Interesting. Okay. Right here. Yeah. Onto that belief for quite a uh-huh. while. Uh huh. Yeah, a lot longer than you might think. <laughs> but um, I think I finally did. I didn't really come to terms with like, okay, maybe I actually can go to heaven and be um, sexually active, like have gay sex, because um, I kept, that was my worry. I'd get into get into relationships because I was lonely and then I'd be in there for a few months and that loneliness would start to heal. And then I would, the guilt and shame would mm. then be louder. And then I, the relationship would crumble apart and then I'd like repent and want to rededicate my life to Jesus and want to be single and celibate again. And that would last for another few months. And it was like this cycle for that lasted um like five years wow yeah so was that your only answer to your answer right in quotes to your queerness was to be celibate like did you ever um try to be like with in a relationship with a woman um in high school i (laughs) so I grew up in, like, the age of courtship, and, like, that was anyone that grew up in the um, church probably is familiar with um, the courtship boom in, like, the 20, um, early to, well, the 2000s and um, early 2010s. And so I tried to court this girl, but apparently she told her dad no, and then we (laughs) And then we still went out, but we brought our brother, right. She brought her brother and I brought my brother and sister with me and we hung out every Wednesday and we called it wonderful Wednesdays. And that, (laughs) right. So cute. I honestly don't remember how long we went out for. I think it was probably around five, six months. And then I broke up with her when she did something that, really pissed me off I was like okay I'm done and I think in my mind it was I was relieved because I was like finally now I won't have to explain to her like why I watch gay porn (laughs) (laughs) oh I love how that was like the thing in your mind that you were so worried about (laughs) I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna be in a straight relationship, um, but like, eventually, I might just have to. I didn't want to admit that I was gay, just that I was attracted to men and sometimes watched gay porn. That's that's what was happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god, I relate to that as well. I definitely was not comfortable admitting that I was. I don't even know what I am anymore, but queer, right? Like I I could not admit that at all, but I still would like watch, I wouldn't even watch gay porn. I would just watch like regular porn, but I realize now looking back that I didn't want to be the woman. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. 
Great. It's not freaking wild how our brains like do these things or like we're getting we kind of identify with with people these and we put them up like they're a character in our story and we're seeing ourselves through them and then we're like no but I'm not them yes (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah I can accept them and I kind of like them and I would like to be them but I'm not them I'm not gonna admit that to myself ever (laughs) right Mm -mm. (laughs) because that's just too scary (laughs) yeah not me, yeah. So I am also curious as to what were some of your first like breakthrough or aha moments? Mm, with confidence or yeah. my with sexuality or both? Do you want to share both? Yeah. Um I think the breakthrough moments with confidence really were realizing that um, that there wasn't ever going to be a place that I or any human could ever get to where there would be no more insecurity and that that was no longer the goal. It was really, it really is about being able to be calm in our own body and um, to also stand up for ourselves to have our own back and be able to also be authentically ourselves and enjoy who we really are instead of worrying about trying to paint the perfect facade to please other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was just going to ask you, um, when did you like stop people pleasing? Do you think? I still, I don't think I've stopped it entirely. <laughs> still. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, fair. But people pleasing, like, as a regular habit, um, I know that in 2020, like, early, well, yeah, in 2020, I noticed a shift. And then with, since then, again, it's been, like, it was, like, gradual and got, the the more time has passed, the the faster my progress, like, away from people pleasing has become. And to the point now where like I <laughs> a few months no it's more than that it was like last summer I had a conversation with a friend that I was I'm really proud of looking back it's it's a really kind of sad scenario but she really was not someone that was healthy for me to be around anymore and um I I didn't want to be friends with her anymore not not the way that she had um become during our friendship i kind of i missed the the old version of her Mm -hmm. and um the old me would have just let people please and like stayed with her because it would be easier and i would have just kept hanging out with her and tried to keep you know keep space for her in my life but i didn't i had a conversation with her that was really direct and was like look these are the things that I really just don't appreciate. I don't want to be around this and um, I really care about you. And if there comes a time where, you know, you're, you know, um, not doing these things anymore, I would love to be, I would love to resume our friendship. Um, Let me know when that is. How did you feel when you were doing that? Like I was going to (laughs) vomit. Um, 
Yeah, which is a really good point. I'm glad you asked that because I think other people would be like, oh, cool. That's com-. no. no. <laughs> like, I, I felt terrified. Yes. And I felt really bad because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. But yeah. I also needed to be honest. And I did not want to be around her anymore the way that she she had become. And um, quite honestly, a lot of those things are also self-destructive. And so I think by me speaking up, I hope that maybe she also sees herself as worthy of treating herself better. But yeah. That's between her and herself now. Totally. Yeah. I I really want to highlight that though, that like you did it and you felt really terrible doing it because I think like a lot of people have that mentality that if they want to stop people pleasing, it means that they're just going to feel good about it. They're going to feel good putting mm-hmm. up boundaries and like that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any point when like you're going to feel good setting boundaries for the most part maybe it's relieving in the long run but like I know for myself every conversation every tough conversation that I've had I had the same feelings that you experience of like this is awful I'm going to vomit (laughs) I'm gonna shit my pants right now (laughs) this is so bad and I don't I don't want to hurt their feelings I don't want to um make them feel bad about themselves or yada 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 and also like that's not I think like holding the belief that it's not my responsibility is really helpful. And also kind of what you said along the lines of like, maybe me saying this is going to help them at some point in their life. Um, Cause you never know who you're going to impact. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned um, worthiness just now, and I kind of want to hear about your new, um, is it a group program? It is. Yep. Yeah. Where did you come up with the concept and what is it going to be like? So the concept really came as like a spiritual download. Um, And in, let's see, in February. um, Well, okay. I've been in my own like dating process since December um and then in february i was like oh my god it would be really fun to do a program that is just like the most off the wall most uh controversial just like letting me be totally unleashed i'm like we're gonna say fuck it to all of the rules and not give a shit and just see what happens so I created a program called confident as fuck because Mm -hmm. I kept telling people that I can help them become confident as fuck but that I was like what if we actually do something that's called confidence fucking helps people to fuck with confidence (laughs) (laughs) that's so good (laughs) and I was like and valentine's day is right around the corner and this would be so awesome so we, I hosted the program. It was amazing. I had so much fun doing it. It was like I was on fire. I think next to like the iconic queer mastermind kickoff event, it's the like highest I've ever felt while coaching. It's there's something about like the just it was a rush, and I loved it. And then the response from it was amazing. And I was sitting and reflecting after it. 
and realized, oh my God. I, you know how like within Mark, uh, well, I don't know. So, uh, business coaches often say like, look at what people are hiring you for and then sell that, sell more of that, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a friend that's been telling me for like at least a year that I ought to focus on relationships. And I was like, no, I don't do that. I do all <laughs> confidence. But after that program, I looked back and I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. Most of my clients have hired me for two reasons. They wanted more confidence in their relationship or they wanted more confidence in their business. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already doing it. <laughs> and I know, and I do love coaching on those two things. That's what I spend most of my time coaching, but it wasn't what I was marketing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's just now create a program where all the marketing is on this because I know how to coach it. I'm really good at it. We'll do it as a group program. So there's some peer support and everything there. And like, I, I it's all in front of me. I have everything that I need. <laughs> And then the word worthy kept coming up. I can't remember where it first came. It came up somewhere in February. And then I had a realization towards the end of February that I was really uncomfortable with feeling worthy. Mm. And the way that the guy that I'm going out with right now treats me is very... um like respectful and like kind and like you know nice <laughs> <laughs> the way relationships are supposed to work <laughs> yeah that thing right <laughs> and i realized i was like oh my god i have a discomfort with that feeling of being worthy and that has like that as soon as i saw it like it unwound really quick and i'm like i see all the ways i'm like oh my god i so am worthy and so are my clients and i realized that it was not just me that was experiencing that so that word i couldn't get it out of my head and after like sitting with this for a while i was like okay it's just that's the name of the program (laughs) perfect yeah, I love that. I'm so happy that you have found a relationship too where you are being treated well. Right. <laughs> <Makes me> happy. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And I also think it's so funny that all of your clients were coming to you for those two things. And that's exactly what we worked on like the entire uh-huh. time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Came to you for my relationships, um, ended up ending on like business coaching so <laughs> right it was a two for one with me <laughs> it was a two for one exactly but you're like you're not the only one and i'm like why have i never saw this pattern before mm-hmm. i wasn't willing to i guess mm-hmm. you don't know but both of those things really do take confidence and they really do take yeah. you being able to show up as your authentic self and like that's what i feel like i've mastered coaching on so yeah. It makes sense that these are my two programs. <laughs> totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, okay, so I have one more question for you. Um, is there anything in particular that you're working on 
right now in terms of your confidence that you weren't working on before? Mm, yes. So for me, I've been working on some stuff within my, um, my sexuality, like my sexual desires and how I feel in sex, how I speak up for myself in sex. Um, I've actually gotten like really, really great at speaking up for what I want. Saying no has always been hard. And I realized recently that that's like the next step for me. Now that I've at least got a voice in the bedroom, because I used to not say anything. (laughs) Now it's time to really step into actually like saying, no, I don't want that. Thank you. Um, Because, you know, consent and boundaries, all of that. It works in both directions, what we do want and what we do not want. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I remember having that conversation with you in one of my coaching sessions where I said the boundaries are your yeses and your noes. And I love that you are applying that now to your sex life. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for for telling me that. You're welcome. (laughs) I needed to hear it. No, I love that. I think that's something that I'm also, or that I have been um, integrating more, realizing that I am allowed to say no when it comes to sex, because I, for a very long time, could not. And looking back, I realized that a lot of my sexual um, encounters were, you know, coercion. They were assault as a result of that. Mm. Um, And I think that's just so important, um, because I don't think we get that conversation enough I think it's like at least I don't know what it's like someone uh, as someone socialized as a man but for people socialized as women it's very much like you should like if someone's pursuing you sexually especially if it's a man um you should take that as like the highest regard and like you should Mm. be grateful that they're wanting you and even more so I think if you experience life in a fat body I think that's even more compounded so do you think that that was like a message that you received or like where do you think your um lack of boundaries with sex came from so i was um sexually assaulted by my friend when i was like seven years old Mm -hmm. and um i didn't at the time i also didn't know what sex was i knew that it was something that adults only were allowed to do and that you were only supposed to be married if you had sex. Um, And so I would, um, he basically tricked me and he's like, Hey, let's do this thing real quick. And I said, okay. And um, then afterwards he told, told me we just had sex spoiler. um, We did not. Um, that was not actually having sex uh-huh. but anyway it did involve naked bodies and we were I was like seven he was like eight or nine and um but I like f- had this freak out in that moment and was like oh my god well I can't go tell my parents because then like I've done a really bad thing and I'm really wrong and I've like also sinned and it's so evil. And like, you know, so I had all this shame 
but I also had all this fear of like actually speaking up about it. And I didn't think I was allowed to. So, and in that moment, right. I never got the opportunity to say no. He didn't say, do you want to have sex? And I could have said no. Cause I would have, cause I knew that I wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. He told me afterwards that we had had it. And so I think that moment was really defining in um, me taking on this belief that I don't really have the opportunity to say no. Yeah. Oh my God. That, the way you put that is so, so good because I don't think most of us are given that opportunity. I don't think like verbal consent is a thing that we are supposed to do, right? Like it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be um, through like these types of, you know, subtle cues or whatever. And like, yes, we lack the directness, but I think the directness is something that we like severely need. So I love that you put it that way. That's really important. Yeah. It, it really is so important. I think then that's why I'm, why saying no is like the next step for me. And also now that I heard you the way you reflected that is so beautiful and i'm thinking also how we can all be more explicit in in asking for consent and also um giving or denying consent and instead of it just being this way of communicating just through our body language which sometimes we're communicating no with our body and people aren't picking up on it, whether that's intentional or not Mm -hmm. depends on the scenario. Right. But then to actually specifically be like, no, we, we, I only have sex when I have had the conversation. I want to have sex and they have said, I would like to, too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, I, I have, realized like I am such a literal person and a very direct person and I wish more people would like would be accepting of that and would be more like that so we could have these conversations because I think it's so fucking needed like I don't want to guess if you're flirting with me or if you want to have sex like I just want you to say yes or no (laughs) yes I don't want any fucking games this is too serious (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) all right do you have any final words or a message for the audience my last final thing would just be a reminder that it does not matter what body you're in it doesn't matter what life experiences you've had whoever you are you are capable of getting to the place where you love who you are authentically and have the confidence to have your own back. Yes. Perfect. You're so eloquent when you speak. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Because it doesn't doesn't always sound eloquent in my head. I'm like, sometimes I'm tripping down the stairs in my head and I'm like, word, word, word. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Can you let everyone know where to find you? And I'll, of course, link everything in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm most active on Instagram. My handle is Coach Alex Ray. And then my website is CoachAlexRay.com. 
And I also have a podcast, the Queer Confidence Podcast. That's some good shit. Y'all should go listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And they should hear your episode on it. Yes, you should. You should go listen to that. (laughs) Gideon, stop making noises. They think I'm having sex over here. I'm not. It's not the bed begging. It's my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Thank you so much, Alex. It was a pleasure having you on. And I love that um, we turned the tables here. And now I am the one hosting you. And... (laughs) I love it. Sending you the Zoom links instead of you sending me all of them. Yes. So fine. <laughs> all right. Thank you for having me, Victoria. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It was a pleasure. All right. That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. Bye. If you are ready to finally like yourself and free yourself from the expectations of others, I want to invite you to come work with me. I'll teach you exactly how to step into your power so that you can feel at home in your body and who you are as a person. Just head to the link in the show notes to start. I'll see you there.